Hello and welcome back to this podcast series where at the minute we're trying to uncover a little bit more about what the lesser seen bits of pharmacy actually do. We're doing this as a mini sub-series of podcast type thing asking what's the point of various different things that pharmacy get involved with and this week is the turn of medicines advice on medicines information services. In most hospitals in the UK there'll be an office in pharmacy called medicines advice or medicines information. We'll call it MI for short for the rest of this podcast. Usually staffed by pharmacists, pharmacy technicians or information scientists or a mix, you can phone them up or drop them an email, ask questions about medicines and get answers back. This also extends to primary care with the specialist pharmacy service. Visit their website at sps.nhs.uk, running an MI service for non-secondary care healthcare professionals. So is that the point of MI services? To answer questions on medicines? Well, it kind of is. But that's pretty much the point of most other clinical pharmacy services as well. So why is it helpful to have an office of people doing a similar thing? What's the point of having a specific MI service in your hospital? And what unique things might they be able to help you with? Well, as with everything, MI services have evolved over time. So to give a flavour of what the point of them is now, it might be useful to give you a potted history of how we've got to where we are. So let's get in our DeLorean and go back to 1971, the year that the UK currency goes decimal, Apollo 14 lands on the moon and Swiss women get the right to vote. Different times. But most significantly, it's also the year that the Noel Hall Report is published. For those not up on pharmacy history, the Noel Hall Report can be thought of as the start of clinical pharmacy. Just 20 years on from the Linstead Report, which suggested it might be a good idea if each hospital maybe had access to their own pharmacist, the Noel Hall Report suggested that it might be time to start using that pharmacist's knowledge for more than just medicines preparation and stock management. So off the back of this, some clever pharmacy types thought of the idea of having a service that people could call and get that advice on medicines from experts in finding and using information. Based on this, the first two drug information services were set up at the London Hospital and in Leeds in the same year. Many other hospitals followed on, and four years later in 1975, a network of regional drug information pharmacists was set up to develop and support this new concept. Looking back at some of the papers and commentaries that were published back in the 1970s, it seems that the questions that were being asked back at the start were very similar to those being asked now. How to choose between treatments, how to get medicines into patients, what to do when medicines cause side effects, or how to manage interactions between medicines and the like. Some things never change. However, what has changed are the challenges that are encountered in trying to provide evidence-based advice on any aspects of medicines use. Back in the day, one of the major barriers was the accessibility of information resources. At the start, it was card indexes of paper journals and very expensive subscriptions to microfiche services. Lots of the skills needed were about just finding the information to then apply to patient care. And this continued for a surprising amount of time. The first computer systems came in in the 1980s and early 1990s and were so novel they were a precious bit of kit to be cared for and wheeled out on special occasions. They were useful-ish, but they didn't revolutionise things. You did the same things, but slightly faster. Then, in the late 90s, things started to change, slowly. The internet became a thing, with AltaVista, AOL and the new startup Google, so you could now access information online. But there was still major skill involved in using things like the new electronic databases of Medline and Embase. As everyone was still on dial-up, which you paid for by the minute, and the NHS being money-conscious to the point of being obstructive, you still had to plan your search strategy on paper, then get the fastest typist in the department to go online and do your search as quickly as possible, and then go and request the paper copies of articles from your library. But about 20 years ago, we reached a tipping point where the internet was less of a novelty and more just a standard tool that anyone could use. 
Now the problem was no longer a lack of accessible information, but rather an excess of information of varying quality. In a world where any 12-year-old can now knock up a professional-looking web page, how do you know that what you're looking at is high quality? Added to this is this sheer explosion in treatment options, scientific publications and guidelines, which has meant that the skills of the people working in MI services have developed from knowing how to access information to knowing how to filter high-quality, relevant information from the oceans of data that's out there and how to pull together advice that's helpful for the individual asking the question. So this, for me, is the point of MI services now. There is a certain advantage in having a central office that anyone can contact at any point of the day to get good quality pharmacy advice, similar to the original idea from the Noel Hall report. In this vein, lots of MI services have taken on the role of being a contact point for questions about medicines that happen after discharge from a hospital, either from patients and carers or from healthcare professionals in primary care. And this is useful, but to solely focus on this is to miss out on a lot of the benefits of having a local MI service. Much as with lots of areas of pharmacy, Medicine's information is its own speciality. It can do the same job as other clinical pharmacy services, answering questions on medicines and sharing information. But maintaining an MI service also lets you have ready access to professionals who are experts in finding, filtering and assessing the evidence base on medicines, then converting it into practical advice for the benefit of patients, so that when you then come across something proper complicated, or when you run out of guidelines and protocols to follow, you have people around who are used to making decisions in the grey areas of pharmacy, weighing up the evidence that there is and coming up with a practical and justifiable position to base decision making on. And by having ready access to these professionals, as well as providing this sort of advice, they can also help others to gain the same sorts of skills that are useful everywhere, supporting and promoting evidence-based decision making about medicines. So this kind of gives the USP of Medicines Information Services. They are a service that's expert in finding and assessing information, then turning it into advice. So if you want to know if you can crush a particular tablet, or you've just given a patient a shiny new drug and they've turned bright green and you don't know what to do, give your local Medicines Information Service a ring. They're readily available and they'll be able to help. But they can also help with the complex queries that you get about medicines. Do you really need a PGD for your vaccine programs or can you do something else? Is there evidence for trialling a seventh biologic if a patient hasn't benefited from the previous six? What can we do to reduce the risk of harm from medicines without unintended consequences making things worse? That sort of thing. And if you want training in how to make good decisions about medicines or where to find high quality information, you can talk to medicines advice as well. Add on to this the successor to the Regional Drug Information Pharmacist Group that was set up in the 1970s, UKMI, which connects and supports all pharmacy professionals working in NHS Medicines Information Services, as well as some international colleagues, and you can use your local MI service as a hub for information and an engine for making good decisions about medicines. They can do much more than look up if you can crush Ramipril or check to see if a patient's digoxin was deliberately stopped during the hospital stay, so drop in and see what they can do to help you. And that's it. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you.